Welcome to Wild Quincy, a podcast that looks into the little-known and forgotten past of Quincy, Illinois. You've heard of cemeteries in the Quincy area like Woodland, Calvary, and Greenmount. But have you ever heard of St. Lawrence, Jefferson Square, or Five Point Cemetery? In this episode, we discover cemeteries that have been lost or abandoned in the Quincy and Adams County area. That, coming up next. Now, here's your host, Chris Ketters and Travis Hoffman. Back here after the sickness, which I'm thinking of that song, Travis, Down With The Sickness. Wow! Oh, hold on. <laughs> Isn't that that song where they go, wow! I can't do it very good. Yeah, well, neither one of us can. Uh, we just yeah. blew out our audio levels there. <laughs> Got a spike. Uh, no, unfortunately, uh, apologies to everybody. Uh, it has the uh, the sick bug had hit both of us, and it seemed like it was funny. We, we don't really spend a lot of time uh, in person to person. Usually, we're doing all this uh, via internet. Internet, but uh, somehow it seems like we always get sick at the same times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kind of we sync up. I guess I don't know what happens. Yeah, there. Is that it's a weird. thing? Is that uh, a, it's a podcast? It's a co-host podcaster I think thing. So you, you yeah. sync up, you know, kind of like the other stuff. So um, like I get I get like pricked by a pen, and you you, you go ow, ouch. Ow. Yeah, <laughs> like, why weird. is my finger hurt? We'll find uh, out later in the season. We talk hoodoo with uh, about yeah. Uh, Dr. I think Chuck's going to join us. Yeah, yeah. So we'll look forward fi- to that, guys. We'll find out about that. Uh, we'll also, Travis, speaking of finding out about things uh, let's uh find out about the last episode george metz of great in, interesting episode talking about the the legendary george metz and, and did you get some some feedback i did i did no one of our listeners and 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 you'll soon find out patron members uh julie Turstrip has been uh, just a awesome cheerleader of us and has been uh, really been helpful in digging in she does a lot of research herself on different matters and was uh, let me get my notes in front of me here. She did some digging for us. We were we were curious about his siblings. If you'll remember from the oh, last yes. episode, right? Kind of mysteriously, kind of died in the same time frame. All pretty young, except exception of one. We couldn't find much about it, but she gave us a heads up to maybe look into uh, mortality schedules. And and these are in part of the old censuses. I don't know if they're still around in census information, but basically the mortality schedule, from my understanding, this sounds kind of like, a, hold on. This sounds like yeah. when you say, uh, this person's going to die now. <laughs> like it's like, it, it's scheduled it, to die. Is that not no, that what we're talking no, about? No, <laughs> it, it basically talks about the, the, the previous year. Of oh, okay. The, all who have died that didn't uh, maybe why they didn't appear on the census. Okay. And th- then she ended up just looking for us. Honestly, she was, she was a go getter. Uh, I love that so much, Julie. Thank you. And she unfortunately wasn't able to find anything about the oh. siblings. However, she did see that a lot of the the deaths in mortality schedules in the 1860 uh, census, a lot of those ac- were accounted to scarlet fever, and I guess it was called scarlatina, which I'm guessing oh. is pretty relative to that. And so that may be a clue on what happened to uh, George Metz's younger siblings there. So. Okay. Interestingly enough, she also had some fun stats for us. If you'll remember the question of the day last week, uh, Chris, or was it question of the week? What is it we do? I don't know. Whatever whatever I say during that episode, that's what we call it. Sure. (laughs) Well, we we were talking about the big local Quincy cemeteries, Mm -hmm. appropriate for this episode as well. You were asking me to put them in order based on geographical size. Yeah. 
And she was able to, she jumped over to findagrave.com and, and she said, hey, you can actually find, you know, active memorials there, hmm. which I've become well acquainted with when research for this episode. But she was kind enough to give us the rundown of, uh, of largest cemetery per memorial. And hmm. just for a little uh, tidbit of information for everybody, number one in the pack is Greenmount Cemetery. Really? Which, uh, as of this certain time recently, is 30,090 memorials. Followed by Woodland Cemetery at number two with seventeen thousand six hundred and seventy-five, followed by Calvary Cemetery with thirteen thousand seven hundred and twenty-one. So that's pretty close. Only a couple hundred different there. And bringing up uh, the fourth place here is Quincy Memorial, which wow. is uh, seven thousand six hundred nine memorials. So Greenmount has a commanding lead, which in, is surprising. Uh, we kind of always thought. I mean, you know, when 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 Woodland always touts about, well, we have, you know, 60,000 people buried here, you know, that's, that's, I don't know. That might be right, but it's a Mori. So what's the difference between graves? Like, I think, I think it's the same thing. Okay. I think it's the same, but I, I tell you, I think it's the topography, Chris, you know, Woodland is so hilly that they're like limited, I think on how many, and I think back then graves, like, Plots and stuff were probably bigger. Uh, you know, Greenmount coming later, they probably and that's what were I wonder. Strategic. If it says memorials, graves. if that says memorials, yeah. does that mean like if if a husband and wife are on the same grave marker, is it counting as one memorial? Then my my understanding, just how how the the website findagrave.com works, is it's per person. So even though it could be a husband and wife in, with a sharing a headstone, it's actually takes into account all both people that are in those numbers there. seem low. Then honestly, I was surprised too. But I mean, honestly though, you take a drive out there. If I don't know if you've been out there recently, yeah. Chris, but there is a it's a really big cemetery. You think? Uh, let's just let's just throw a number. Um, we we have a lot more to talk about. Let's yeah. throw a number out real quick though. If, if, if let's just say. 500 people die a year in Quincy. Mm-hmm. That's over over 100 years. That should be 50,000 people. And we're barely scratching 50,000 people, even in the total amount of memorials in the cemeteries in Quincy with those numbers. Well, yeah, so, I mean, there's, the, there's that was four cemeteries. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It just seems uh, like there's, it's interesting. I mean, it's totally interesting. I just think there'd be more than that. So I don't know. But I don't know. I, we're missing. I feel like we're missing a piece of the puzzle. I'm sorry. I don't mean to put you in a corner here, Travis. No, but. no, no. But uh, if you if you think about it, there's actually way more cemeteries in Quincy than just those top. We're gonna, top we're going to be talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, some of them not so much anymore. Yeah. But uh, there there used to be. Um, no, there's quite a few. I mean, that's not the the traditionally more. Uh, cemetery for for the Jewish population of Quincy as well is not on this list and that's you know decent. Yeah. So well, thank you Julie. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, we really we, appreciate it. Anytime anybody says, "Hey, check out this stuff I found." We're like, "Give us the info." Like we're we're zoned in. So thank you so much for sending that to us. I also want to appreciate uh, Julie because I think she just gave me an idea for another t-shirt design and I think we need to have a t-shirt that just says, "Check the mortality schedule." <laughs> <laughs> kind of dark kind of dark. I, I just mortality schedule is such a weird weird like word i don't it just feels like weird <laughs> like yeah schedule seems like preeminent like yeah, it's coming like it's, it's coming. more like uh, the summary summary yeah. would have been a better like, word there, well maybe. these these people are gonna die this year yeah like, what like, boy you can imagine gonna have a typo yeah. on that list oh my gosh we could this could be a heck of a Patreon episode right here. Um, 
well, it's all a simulated universe, so evidently we already they already know what's happening. Uh, well, uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, so that's why I was talking about Patreon. That's probably going to be a discussion in our Patreon episode, just to give you a heads up, Travis, because I've been deep diving. Um, yeah, but uh, so anyway, uh, speaking of uh, mortality schedules and T-shirts, Patreon. We also uh, you can be a Patreon member, but we can also have that uh, those T-shirts. Uh, I have one underneath my sweatshirt right now that talks about uh, Ghost Hollow or. Uh, what uh, Levy Walker Survivor? You, uh, well, you got options. There's yeah. one for each. Yeah, so. so you can check those out. Right, we have those available on our website. That's right. There's a merch link at wildquincy.com. Uh, one of these days, we'll get some more stuff up there. But there's a pretty decent catalog floating around already. Yeah, mortality uh, schedule. We got a new, a couple new Patreon members to, yeah, to tell us add about those. to the list, Chris. Uh, like I mentioned, Julie Tierstrip was kind enough to join us. Took the plunge. Joined us at the. I don't have my monetary value because I forgot to copy it over. I believe it's the five dollar medium Jeff special. Jeff special level. looks like yeah. Yeah, that's five dollar level, right? Yep, yep, I yep. can't remember. Okay. I usually write that down. I didn't. And then uh, Ryan Kendall joined us as well and has been enjoying the backlog. It looks like I had a few comments I saw pop up. He joined us at the uh, $8 Kelly salad bar level, so we appreciate that. He made the comment, one of our episodes was talking about never eating rare hamburgers, and he totally agreed with my comment about that. He said medium <laughs> yeah. rare on the steak and well done on the smash burger, and I can't agree with him more on the smash burger. I, I can respect you guys' logic. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm probably going to die from a brain uh, brain amoeba, <laughs> I'm afraid. But. Well, Find out what we're talking about. Check we out gotta the backlog. we got to go somewhere. There's we'll, check the mo- we'll check the mortality schedule and we'll see what's on. <laughs> see what's going to we'll happen. see what it looks like. It's probably going to be because of hamburger. <laughs> uh, but we have like 57 episodes on Patreon. So if you, if you want to check them out, they have like a free trial going on right now. So you can go on there, check the free trial out. You're not going to get it through them all because they're like an hour a, a, a pop. So, But uh, you can become a Patreon fan afterwards and, and join the wild things like uh, so many of you guys have already done. So we appreciate that. It'll give you a little taste in this. Uh, you decide if you want to make a meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's a full course five star meal, man. I can guarantee that. Uh, are we ready for the question? I guess we'll call it of the day. I don't know. Well, so let's, I think let's, it's question of the day. Yeah, yeah that, sure, that's all not? I have on the old follow up. If I forgot anybody, please let me know. Yeah, and thanks everybody for those uh, reaching out to us. You can always do that. We'll tell you about where you can do that at the end of this episode. Let's do the question of the day. Here it is. There are a lot of interesting names for red light districts. If you start digging around deep enough in Quincy's history, uh, they've had their own special names uh, in this town of what they're called. Which one of the following is not one of the names of what we call red light districts? You ready for this, Travis? You understand what we're welcome for here? I I think so. So we have the Bells District, the Broadway Resort, the Red Transom District, or the Tenderloin District. Okay. okay, so so what I'm asking here is there was districts for those red light districts back in the day here in Quincy. They had names. They were actually referred to as these names in the newspaper, but one of these was not real. Is it the Bell District, the Broadway Resort, the Red, some tra- red Transom District, or the Tenderloin District? Mm. Ooh, do you think you got it? You think you might know it? Well, maybe, but you know how you like to twist stuff around sometimes. So. <laughs> I never do. Oh, you just think lies. I do. Yeah. Lies. So anyway, we'll have the question and answer that question for you coming up at the end of this episode. But it's time to dig in, not literally, figuratively. Ooh, no, no, let's not do that. That's, now, that's illegal now. That's illegal, but we're going to... It's 1990. <laughs> We'll dig in. Jesus, it's only been twenty. I know. Years. We're gonna we're gonna take a look at the lost cemeteries in the Quincy area. We'll do that coming up next here on Wild Quincy.
Here's what you missed on the latest After Hours episode of Wild Quincy. I even Quincy. had a very cool hand-drawn map. <laughs> or not, the, the, the map wasn't drawn. Sorry, I, oh. I, I totally thought I had an Oreo here, and I just put it in my mouth, and I realized it wasn't an Oreo. <laughs> what did you just put in your mouth, Chris? It was rubber from my chair that ripped off earlier. <laughs> I was like, ooh, Oreo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, ooh, Oreo. Do you even have Oreos in your house? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. (laughs) It makes it a little better. It makes it a little better. Our After Hours episodes are available exclusively for Patreon members by going to patreon.com slash wildquincy. For just a couple dollars a month, not only will you double the amount of Wild Quincy episodes at your fingertips, but you'll also be supporting our efforts as we continue to dive into the wild and crazy history of our favorite town. Also, as a Patreon member, you can take part in our live events and Patreon-only outings, as well as having access to our regular episodes two days before they are released to the public. It's easy. Just head to patreon.com slash wildquincy. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash wildquincy and become a wild thing today. So we dig into this, uh, I believe it's the unexplained episode. Are we unexplained? I think it's I'm not sure. time and place. Maybe? Uh, you're probably right. I think it's yeah. time and place. It's episode five. It'd be time and place. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. time, we, we were so lost. We're still in the, the sickness fog, I guess. Uh, but yeah, time or place episode. We're going to talk about lost cemeteries in the Quincy area. And uh, Travis, I don't know. Help me out here. We're going to dive into, obviously, what the title is is lost cemeteries we're going to dive into uh, cemeteries that exist too it's kind of a catch-22 chris um the the technical side of what makes a cemetery abandoned or that's the term i guess abandoned is that uh the last internment needs to be uh 30 years ago Huh. Uh, kind of a loose secrecy. I didn't have that working definition when I started, so <laughs> so I didn't go down that route precisely. So here's yeah. the route I did go down, Chris. I wanted to go down like, okay, there are some properties in Quincy that used to be cemeteries. There are cemeteries that have been either relocated or no longer exist. But if you if you widen the lens a little bit to Adams County in general, there's so many rural cemeteries out there. And what I did is I utilized findagrave.com, which is a great resource, and I really kind of went case by case and tried to figure out, okay, A, is this still being used? That's obviously a big, you know, and, and if it wasn't, is it still being maintained? Right. And it's, it becomes pretty apparent when you start looking at any active photos of the cemetery, which ones are well-kept and manicured and looked after, and which ones are lost to the ages and, and the woods have grown around them and taken over. So I'm focusing more on on those, the ones that have kind of fallen off the wayside on private property, really no access point easy anymore. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot. It's shocking. And this doesn't include the ones that are well-kept and manicured. Well, Travis, I, I mean, I do want to point out that everybody is dying to get into these places. <laughs> oh, ding, ding. All right. Usually, I'm the one rocking the dad jokes, but I you're know, all over right? it tonight. Yeah. Brought that one. Well played. Well played. Thank you. Thank you. It's a stiff competition. Oh, oh there it is. Bring it back oh, to me. I, I got to right. get my punches in. So so, so, where are we going to start at? Where, where's the best place to start in this? Story? Chris, we got to go way back. Okay. Because 
so often it is unfortunate the way of of uh, modern times to kind of look at uh look at like the 1920s late 1800s but boy we were not the first people in this area chris as you oh, well no. know so let's take it way back to 1000 bc to 1080 Holy and let's cow. talk about let's talk about the native american burial grounds sure. that we know about in quincy because quincy has quite a few most people are well aware let's start with indian mounds park um, I'm just reading some information here. Indian Mounds Park contains eight and possibly more uh, burial ground or burial mounds dating back to the Woodland Period, which was 1000 BC to 1000 AD. And these mounds range in size from about three foot high to and ten feet in diameter, all the way up to about 12 feet high and 24 foot in diameter. So a pretty good range. And what's interesting in in Indian Mounds Park is there's a weird kind of unusual horseshoe-shaped earthwork as well yeah. on the north end of the park. Yeah. Mo- yeah, mo- most people may may not really, if, unless you're looking for it, you, or you may not realize it's there, but next time you're able to take a spin through there, take a look. There's a lot of belief that that had something to do with maybe maybe some kind of ritualistic uh, um, uh, practice or there was some kind of tie-in. I'm not, they're not sure if it was actually a burial mound itself, but it was maybe more part of just ritualistic purposes to have that. You know, it's kind of the sad thing is you know, we, it's kind of shade. We don't know a whole lot about that being that long ago. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's just kind of uh, a little hearsay and a lot of more speculation. So wh- I well, think we're going to look into that hopefully in the future. Yeah, as well. and we've kind of already deep dived kind of off air about that because it, it, it that's it represents there. I know, man, it's been a while since we talked about that, but there was, I think I want to say like Virginia or somewhere over there. Maybe it's Pennsylvania. Ohio. There is the Ohio. Down. That's yeah. it. I knew it was somewhere in that neck of the woods where there's a, there's a version of that. That's like, it's, it looks like a snake Serpent, and like, it's yeah. been preserved and, and, and uh, archeologists have looked at it and it's some sort of ritual thing for native Americans. And, and it, it has a very similar look to what Quincy has, but those dots haven't been necessarily connected by archeologists yet. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, doing some digging here. It looked like, uh, so I've lost my place here. <laughs> uh, there was a great deal of interest back in the day. I think in 1894, the Quincy Boulevard and Parks Association, which was the predecessor to the Quincy Park District, they actually had a petition and a resolution in order that was followed by uh, or signed by and kind of supported by the Quincy Historical Society, the Women's Council, strangely enough, the Typographical Union, uh, Journal of Industry Committee to Express the Disappointment of Women, which is, boy, that's a lot to fit on a business card, <laughs> and a petition. And several hundred citizens uh, wanted to preserve that area. There was some talk about development in that area, and that would have called for the destruction Oof. of those Indian mounds. So thankfully... Um, you know, the the urge to grow Quincy right in that area was subsided and, and we preserved that area. And in the early days, I found this interesting. They were trying to figure out what to call the place. And they almost went with the name Sacred Heights instead of Indian Mounds Park, which hmm. that has a pretty good ring to it too. Yeah, uh, but a it, little and, bit more PC. Yeah, in the in the end, in the end, they chose Indian Mounds Park, and so. 
1934, archaeologists actually excavated 10 mounds and the U, I guess some of the U-shaped ridge. I don't know if that's the same ridge that we talked about a second ago. But excavations showed that the burial mounds were constructed in roughly 900 A.D. So right mm. there, 900 A.D. is kind of the golden uh, ticket on timelines. Um, and again, the U-shaped ridge area is kind of a mystery you know, there's thoughts that it may have been some kind of funeral rit- ritual, so uh, it's worth taking a peek through, Chris. And that's and I, I maybe get my facts mixed up, but isn't there another one north of uh, Northern Adams County that's kind of the same setup like that? It, that there's another like snakeish looking design on a cliff on a bluff. Yeah, I think, I think show, friend of the show is it Robert Turek? I Robert, think kind of yeah. brought that up to us before. Yeah, yeah. his uh, his uh, Quincy from above. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if the website's still online, but he has a great Facebook page. He updates. Well, uh, yeah, there was a, believed to be a serpentine style, excuse me, ridge. I think it's pretty close to the bluff as well on, mm-hmm. on kind of north of Quincy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. If you guys want to check that out as well, if we if we find a good way to get you a link there, we'll see about yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah. But notes. you know, I think there was some, and I when we did our kind of deep dive into it, looking into, it, I think we thought you know there was some sort of connection between those two. Like, well, not necessarily connection, but like there was some similarities between those two, and then the Ohio yeah. example as well. So right, yeah. right, yeah, very interesting. I'm not sure, but it, we. So it sounds like even with the U shape, the did it sound like there was some people buried in the U shape design, or that was in at India. Mounds? You know, they did. I don't believe they actually, uh, I don't believe they excavated it okay. fully or were able to enough. And I don't know if they did. You know, that's the thing. I don't know what kind of grand penetrating ra- radar has been utilized yeah. in those or days. Or if it has, like, why yeah. hasn't it yet? You know? Well, uh, yeah, I don't you know. know. That's a great question. I think it's, uh, I don't know. I wish I had a better answer. I'd love to know if it's a cost situation or if they just don't want to. Or technically, you're not really disturbing. Could we? What's could that? We, could we do it? <laughs> Dude, if we had a ground penetrating radar machine, you know how many mysteries we're going to solve? In Join Patreon and we will buy a ground penetrating radar if we get enough. We're going to go find Let's Bingo over at the Villa Catherine. Yeah, you kidding me? there we go. And then we'll nah, go, go searching cool. for some. Sometimes, sometimes the mystery is best kept sealed. I think. Yeah. But you know okay. what? Let's uh, speaking of keeping things sealed in, in Native American mounds. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that uh, Indian Mounds Park, though it's obviously the name give it, gives it away, there are other areas in Quincy containing Indian mounds. Hmm. One one of which place is also at the Park District, and that's more on the northern side of Quincy here, being Parker Heights Park. And these uh, this is right off uh, right off Cedar Creek actually. Right now they they've they've uh, you can't drive through it anymore. It's part of a walking the Cedar Creek Trail now, but you can still walk through it. And on the upper ridge where it kind of goes uphill a little bit, it's a little bit of an offshoot. Um, there's a series of mounds, and I'll do a little talking about that right now. The mounds date from a thousand BC to a thousand AD. In the summer of 1929, the mounds of Parker Heights were excavated by a team of archaeologists. They found 69 bodies during excavation, but not all were recovered. The discovery of mounds located on the high bluff in Parker Heights is the largest series of mounds extending along the eastern bluff of the Mississippi Valley. Between Indian Mounds Park and Parker Heights, there are over 23 documented mounds in Quincy's park systems. Hmm. So... This was, I mean, boy, it's it's hard to get a whole holistic view of what kind of activity you know the Native American right. populations had, but this was definitely a, must have been a populated area with that much of a burial activity. It seems like. 
I do want to throw this out. I know this is probably getting a little off subject, but I do want to point out how interesting that if there's this many burial grounds for for Native Americans in the Quincy area, it's interesting that it's the same area that John Wood decided was a great area to start a, 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 right. a town. So, like, is that is that some sort of like like is it just it's a great location, or is there something more to it? You know what I'm saying? Is there something more? No, I, I think I think location, 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 all the way, yeah. Chris. I mean, if you look at where John Wood, you know, first put the cabin up, which was right there at uh, front end. Uh, oh God, I'm I'm losing my Quincy cred. Um, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like the na- York or not, yeah, it's, it's farther it's than it's that. It's the road yeah. that goes underneath the overpass on 57 that goes kind well, of by the Delaware Pace. I think it's Delaware. Yeah, yeah. front in Delaware. Yeah. That's a natural valley that goes right to the river, and that that I think that whole placement of the ridge and the river. From my, you know, very meager understandings, that was really looked really appreciated by the Native Americans who could, in the certain times of the year, really get close to the river if they needed mm. to, but could also seek a little more refuge on the bluffs, too. So I think that natural uh, 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 juxtaposition was probably pretty appealing. Yeah, um, so it had appeal for, it's yeah. had appeal for, like, literally centuries <laughs> yeah and we'll, we'll try to get a little more formal information in the future at some point yeah. when we talk about that as a whole whole topic itself the native uh populations in this area well it um, sounds like uh the, that's not the only so we got the the native americans and then you got obviously we just mentioned john wood and uh you know i'm guessing guess that there's another cemetery right in that neck of the woods that uh is getting used as well in that area curiously enough you'd think we'd be done talking about native american graves we're not um, to find a couple more, you have to look no further than another cemetery that didn't make our official list, and that would be Woodland Cemetery, Chris. Huh. That's because Woodland Cemetery absolutely contains Native American burial mounds that were basically uh, two for one as far as burials go. <laughs> so, yeah, there are actual Indian uh, mounds within Woodland Cemetery that have been kind of used twice, technically. As so they're not spots. they're not exp- they're not like this is Indian mounds like there is an Indian burials like it's not a marker in, in within no, Woodland? but you can see it. Uh, they're pretty oh, painfully okay. obvious. If you, if yeah, um, if you see a very knobby hill, right, uh, going around close to the Civil War, uh, little memorial that tall, that I, you can't go around the drive anymore. To that, it's oh. roped off. But okay. if you proceed around that corner to your right, you'll notice there's a mound, and I'm about ninety percent sure that is one of the Native American oh, okay. mounds. So kind kind of wild, and and honestly, back then I don't think they realized what. Uh, they were maybe <laughs> maybe already on sacred ground <laughs> when they were burying people, but uh, you know that's the way it, the the cookie crumbles hey, sometimes. Location, location, location. Yeah, you, they knew a good location <laughs> when they saw it for burials so, too. That's right. That's right. But yeah, to your point, Chris. Yeah, let's jump into cemeteries of the past in Quincy. And this this next one, I like to think I'm pretty well uh, finger on the pulse on some of this stuff. But okay. this was a new one for me, Chris. All right. And a uh, friend of the show, Amanda Van Ness, actually did some research for this recently, I think for the Quincy Preserves, or uh, what did I say down here? Eh, I don't want to get it wrong since she was so kind to add it here. Oh, it was the Great River Genealogical Society um, that she put together a couple a couple years ago, I think. 
And at any rate, it's St. Lawrence Cemetery. Are you familiar with St. Lawrence Cemetery, Chris? No, no. It, well, I mean, uh, it used to be St. Peter's used to be called St. Lawrence, right? Correct. That's right. So, good good play there on, on okay. our past episodes. Well, it's not there anymore, Chris. It's gone. Well, most of them are gone. That's going to be the trend of the show here. Most of them are gone. <laughs> Uh, this was located. Um, this was located uh, between 18th and 20th streets at, from the. Uh, I guess that'd be the uh, uh, east and west, and then between Maine and Hampshire, north and south. Okay. So if you look, if you go there now, you're going to find that it is actually residential. So hmm. there have been houses built on this abandoned cemetery. Let's give you a little history here per the information Amanda shared, and we really appreciate that. So uh, I guess this was for the 2021 Behind Closed Doors Garden Tour for Quincy Preserves. She did uh, a history of 166 North 18th Street, and the owners discovered a plot stairs from the St. Lawrence Cemetery as they did garden work in, in their yard. And she was able to see the stairs and some of the borders, which is pretty cool. So she gave us this following write-up that she did. And I'll uh, bear with me here as I get it scrolled yeah. into place. Quincy is full of locations that were once cemeteries, including, well, I don't want to spoil that part. We'll, we'll skip over that part real quick. <laughs> what you might not know is that areas of 18th to 20th Street from Maine to Hampshire was long ago a cemetery known as St. Lawrence Cemetery. St. Lawrence Church eventually became known as St. Peter's, good pull there, Chris, and is the oldest Catholic parish in Quincy. A Catholic man named Timothy Kelly purchased the land and opened the cemetery in 1839 for the exclusive use of Catholics, with the east half for burials of German-speaking and the west half for English-speaking. Each section was 100 foot wide and reached, what was, uh, reached across what is currently Hampshire Street. Now, Captain Timothy Kelly died in the Mexican War in the Battle of Buena Vista in 1847. He was brought back to Quincy and buried in St. Lawrence Cemetery. It should also be known that Kelly uh, brought the property, excuse me, bought the property for the cemetery, but he never made the deed to the congregation, and he died before this could occur. So after his death, there were debts that, or debts that needed to be paid, but eventually the land was deeded back and continued as used for a cemetery. So, in 1873, this is, uh, what, about uh, four, five, six, seven, about, what, 40, well, close to 40 years later from its founding, uh, Reverend Father McGurr, who actually came up in the August uh, Augustine Tolton episode, the Father mm -hmm. Gus episode, he purchased another 11 acres on East Broadway because the cemetery had become so crowded there at the St. Lawrence Cemetery. At between 30th and 36th Street. And if you this rings a bell for you, it should, because this is now St. Peter's Cemetery, mm. and which is right there kind of behind the movie theater on the, yeah. the right side of Broadway right. there across from what used to be the Quincy Mall, now the Quincy Town Center. And uh, this, is, uh, this is now St. Peter's Cemetery, and the grounds are significantly smaller than when they were originally purchased when it was initially kind of secured. And... Uh, and uh, but, 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 as this cemetery was filling up, St. Lawrence Cemetery had its remains interred, and the mayor at the time ordered streets to extend through the existing cemetery. I think that would have been Hampshire Street. Mm. 
the church congregation, Father McGurr, strongly opposed the opening of Hampshire, that's right, because there were several hundred buried soldiers where the street would cut through. McGurr was there when the contractor arrived and was on the ground protecting the buried. My God, that's pretty dramatic. Yeah. Mayor Turner had some choice words for McGurr, and in turn, this was his last term as mayor as he (laughs) lost the re-election. Oh, my. So, uh... The mayor seems like they got his way, but he took his punches on the way down. Uh, McGurr requested that the city bear the expense needed to exhume the bodies, and the city agreed to it, as a large number of resting souls were moved to the new St. Peter's Cemetery. I totally thought that we were just going to have the conversation that there's bodies buried under Hampshire Street. I I totally thought that's where that was going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, let's be honest, it's completely possible. Yeah. Uh, As the old cemetery uh, filled with weeds, willow trees and hundreds of snakes chris oh that's not somewhere you want to be in 1894 it was decided that it needed to be cleaned up the willows were cut down and the wood hauled away and about 40 tombstones could then be seen most lying on the ground and broken in the early days of deaths and burials no records were quit or were kept and hundreds of buried and unfortunate excuse me so hundreds were buried and unfortunately lost to history that's not just in that cemetery but more of a general statement there uh, as, clean, as cleanup occurred, several graves were opened and bones placed in new coffins and removed. And as she typed these words, she feels uh, the name. She feels that maybe some of the names of those who were still buried in that area should be read. And we'll, we'll name a few of them here. The last surnames of Kelly, Donner, Stahl, Powers, Zimmerman, Wellen, Ooh. Costigan. There's some familiar names in there's there. Some, there's some Quincy names in there for Sh- sure. Shannon, for sure. Uh, Heffron, Doyle, Sullivan. Gaston, Shortle, Lee, Leahy, Goncher, Brody, Albright, Smith, Prentice, Jerry, Gaffney, and uh, Hare. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be noted that eventually as the overgrown bushes, trees, and wild grass were cleared and the land was sold, houses and were built atop a cemetery because not all the cemetery remains could be moved. Um, it goes on to say that uh, current owners did some work on their back as current owners did work on their backyards. They found remnants of this long gone cemetery. A uh, small reminder that the world moves on, but the footprint of history is never too far away. So that was a uh, great work by Amanda there and yeah. putting that together. Nice. All, all credit where credit's due. And uh, pretty, pretty eye opening, Chris. How do you think you'd feel if you found. Digging in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you just take a look at the. I got Google up and satellite view, and I'm just looking at that block. Yeah, and there's quite a few houses on that block now. I mean, there's probably a good dozen houses within that square block between Maine and Hampshire and 18th and 20th, including the Quincy Public uh, School bus barn is in that section too. Right. So if we give a little bit of a, a little bit of an area of where you're looking at here, um, but. You know, I, for some reason, and maybe I'm completely just making this up, and, and apologies to the school district if I say this, but I swear I've had somebody tell me that the bus barn's haunted. Is that right? I haven't heard yeah, that. Yeah, and, and so I don't know if that's true or not. I, I feel like somebody's told me that before, and maybe I'm just making it up in my head. But uh, yeah, so you got to think, though, like... 
But how often is this actually happening? Like, I bet you it's happening more than what we think. Oh, 100%. You know? 100%. It's just it never gets talked about. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be really curious to know if anything weird goes on in those houses. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. If you need some ghost hunting done, people, let us know. <laughs> we will leave you anonymous. Just just give us a give us So, a yeah, if you happen to be one of those uh, people that drew the short straw and found out your uh, house is on top yeah. of dead bodies, uh, let us know. I think that should be like a, like, when you're buying the house that should be the little asterisk at the bottom that says oh by the way you know i I wonder if that's required that's curious Um, what any real estate people out there i know there's a lot of people out there let us know usually if there's been a death in the house they have to yeah disclose disclose it yeah so Uh, but i don't know about (laughs) uh by the way there's a buzz a cemetery here a hundred years ago so. Yeah, that would explain little uh, Victorian boy Timmy who makes his you know, peeks around <laughs> corners at night. You're right. Good lord. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, that was great. Thank you again, Amanda, for yeah, submitting thanks, that. Amanda. We appreciate that greatly. Uh, next up here, let's talk about another one of those uh, used-to-be cemetery spots not everybody realizes. And that would be Jefferson Square Cemetery. Now, this is gone no longer there, the majority of graves, and remember I say majority of graves, were relocated to another cemetery we'll get to in just a minute. Okay. Jefferson Square, excuse me, I'm a little loose with my words tonight. <laughs> Jefferson Square was the first cemetery, and this is located where the courthouse stands today now in Quincy. You know, where they just built the new jail? Okay. Just that area? The cemetery was used for nine years between 1826 and 1835. I think I interrupted you, Chris. What were you going to no, say? No, I, I was just saying, so just to give people a kind of an indication, this would be like between Broadway and Vermont, and I'm looking like fifth right. and maybe seventh, maybe, maybe cut. Probably six fifth now. and sixth because yeah. that was kind of closed down when yeah. they did the jail construction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Hit the nail on the head. Uh, land was secured at what is now. Um, well, I want to skip that part because that's going to give away the next one. At any rate, many of the bodies from the Jefferson Square Cemetery were moved to another cemetery. Uh, but not all graves could be located. So it's unclear how many are still buried there today. Now, in 2016, these abandoned graves uh, proved to be a bit of a headache when it came to planning for the new completed, the now newly completed uh, county jail on that location. The Adams County Board learned that the remains of 30 to 40 people could be buried in the area planned for the jail facility. So, a team of archaeologists and anthropologists were called in to detect any of these burials. The ex- the graves that they did find were excavated and they were uh, removed and cataloged. And uh, they were provided to a university to determine the age and sex. And then they were going to turn over the remains to the Illinois Historic Preservation Agency for final storage. So I'm really curious to know what happened to those. Yeah. Like, what, what do you do with that? Like, that did you point? rebury them? Or, or I don't what know. Did you if do? anybody, kn- I mean, there's so many uh, different people that listen to our podcast. So if anybody has any insight on that, boy, yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Travis, let me add something to this real yes. quick because. Um, I- you know, while we're prepping for episodes, uh, you know, I always look for our folklore that we do at, uh, and uh, towards the end of the episode. And last time when I was, or when I actually, this time I was looking for different stuff, I came across this and I want to go ahead and point it out because this has to specifically do with this cemetery. Okay. Yeah, what do you got? This is actually in uh Hyatt's book about the cemetery okay really so really? It, yeah it's actually 10,367 it says the hair on the body grows after death 
Okay, and then in in, in like uh, italics it says this: when the old cemetery on the site of the present courthouse in Quincy was removed years ago, it was said that the workmen exhumed a man's body on which the hair had grown down to and had twisted around his feet. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I don't either. But I thought I found it very interesting that something that we that is, look that at. Is, yeah, this neat connection. Yeah, That's every episode connection. we look at this, and I came across talking about this cemetery in particular. So evidently, there was a guy that had a lot of hair growth after his death. <laughs> I want to know what his beard looked like before he went in the ground. <laughs> right, it uh, probably that was seems dramatic. Down to his feet. That seems dramatic. <laughs> I've always heard that, like, uh, and I don't know anybody who knows this is a fact and not just bunch of idiots on a microphone here um <laughs> i heard the skin actually contracts and it gives the appearance of like fingernails that are longer and I th- hair that's i think longer. i think your calcium still bolt i've always been told true? like your calcium still continues to grow your fingernails yeah and your hair will mm. still continue to grow for mm. a little while so you know i think maybe it's a combination of both but yeah, yeah i've heard yeah, both yeah. ways so i don't know let's I mean, if anybody has a is more of an authority on these topics please yeah. by all means for sure pro- prove us wrong or right but yeah, so, and then of course, you know, they had, I, I'm sure you might have more on this, but you know, from the, this isn't the first time that they found bones. So this is all the way back in the 1930s when the first excavation was being done for the, the courthouse. And then just recently when they did the new expansion, we had the same stuff happening again where they found more bones. Right. Correct. Yeah. They, they had yeah. to do some more work there and that really slows down, <laughs> slows down the yeah. process here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I thought would be kind of fun on some of these old cemeteries. We talked a little about it in the St. Lawrence cemetery of one of the people still buried there. Yeah. So uh, occasionally you'll find that I'll, I'll kind of handpick one of these people and just kind of spotlight them. This first person in the, uh, the Jefferson uh, square cemetery, his name was Moses Tyler Hastings. He was born in 1802 in New Hampshire and died here in Quincy at uh, age 23. It's September 1826. So Hmm. what's interesting about this is from all records, and they were a little shoddy back then, let's be honest, but it says the first death in Quincy was Moses Hastings from the state of New Hampshire in July 1826 of typhoid fever. Hmm. He was buried in Jefferson Square at that time was set apart as a public cemetery, but now uh, now it's just the courthouse. So <laughs> hmm. at any rate, you know, Moses was allegedly the first person to die in what the town that we have here is Quincy. So hmm. first first in the ground. I guess. Interesting record to uh, decide to hold to, to put out your <laughs> put your feather in your That's cap. Right. They, yeah. It's right. Taking one for the team there, Moses. I mean, Ty- it's better than the alternative. Like, um, it wasn't one of the first, but down in Pike County, there was a um, Pike County, Missouri. That is, there was a fort. It was called Buffalo Fort, I believe. And unfortunately, the one of the very first deaths in that fort was a son and his father who got killed by by Native Americans. Right. <laughs> so right. I mean, luckily, I mean, I mean, I guess lucky is not a great word to use because he still died. But I mean, it was because of a disease and not because of other some other human yeah, hands, right? Yeah, totally, so. totally. So he's he's only one of the three known remaining graves that are still there to this day. And there's wait, absolutely the courthouse. Yeah, there there's still where's graves this at? There. Huh? Where's this at? So there's still visible graves there? No, 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 no. The burials there. The, there's oh, no there's no tombstones. there's no markers, oh, no okay. markers anymore. But this was one of three that they know were not moved. Oh. But there's absolutely, almost certainly, 
many more. Let's just point out that there's got to be some bad mojo going on in these court courtrooms if you're buried on top of a cemetery. I'm just saying. Nothing good can have you. I mean, what's the what's yeah, what's like, the horror movie where they they bury on? <laughs> what movie is not a horror yeah, movie Native that's American based on burial that. ground? Yeah, exactly. What was that? What was which one was that? Was that? Uh, I don't know. I this don't is know. the one with the is it the one with the board of big, taking bets on <laughs> what oh, monster it was going to be? <laughs> there's so many. There's so many. But I yeah, that that, that can't be a good start. To no, things. no, no. It should have been like, okay, is this really where we want to put the courthouse? Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, well. you know. So, so, the, so that's crazy. Though. So they still know that people are buried there. Absolutely. At least they three. don't know exactly where, though. No. But it's somewhere on the ground. No, there's no real records uh, that survive of actual plots. I don't think that just seems wrong. So, I mean, again, you know, ground penetrating. Excuse me, ground penetrating radar might solve those those questions. Become but, a Patreon member. But you know, they got tunnels there, Chris. Remember when our underground? There's oh, there's at yeah. least one tunnel well, there. You're not going to find the, 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 the You're not no, going to find the. But I'm just saying, type. when they built that tunnel, surely they. Saw they them. Yeah, yeah, surely they. I don't know. You know what, though? You know, you. I mean, I hate to say this, but the way the world works is like the first ones that they saw, they're like, oh, yeah. let's keep this under know, the radar, yeah, guys. We're not going to get this done in time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so I, I did a little dancing around the last uh, text there because I didn't want to give away the next yeah. cemetery that what used to be a cemetery. This one's a little more commonly known, but still pretty shocking to those who aren't aware. And that would be uh, Madison Square Cemetery. You might mm. think to yourself, boy, that sounds a lot like Madison Park, Travis. And you know yeah. what? You're right. That's because it is. Uh, that's right. It was also known as the Old Quincy Cemetery, and it is located right exactly where Madison Park is located today. That's right. Uh, used to be a cemetery, folks. The second cemetery in Quincy was utilized up until 1867 when the Quincy Boulevard and Park Association bought the cemetery to make it into a public park. And there are 158 known graves um, and but that was just when it was kind of fully in use. We're not sure how many are still remaining, but there are plenty still hanging out there. The ones that were moved were actually moved to Woodland Cemetery, which was just kind of starting up at this point. But what's really before I go any further and talk about Madison Square, let's think about this, Chris. There has to be at least a few bodies mm. that were buried in the Jefferson Square, which was the courthouse, <laughs> then moved. To Madison Park, which was Madison Square Cemetery, uh-huh. then moved again yeah. Yeah. to Woodland Cemetery. Those, those those souls are are they're at rest. Totally. Oh, they're they're haunting the yeah. crap out of somebody right now, Chris. <laughs> Do not piss off that ghost. Exactly. Yeah, he, he even sees a shovel. You're going. You're, I mean, you're, you're and you wonder haunted. why the school across from Madison Park was haunted. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Wonder why the closest proximity. Yeah. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about this Madison uh, Madison square cemetery uh cemetery records show that there were three distinct sections on the burial ground so there's a little more of a history on the records on this one the first of these sections was simply identified by a system of numbers and north and south so kind of a basic plot system the second area was known as potter's field and that was likely for the the kind of the the real poor and Mm -hmm. couldn't afford anything to bury so it's probably more scattered and the third, which is interesting, is called the Stranger's Ground. 
And here's where things really take a twist, Chris. There are multiple Mormon Latter-day, Latter-day Saints buried there who died in the area after when they moved through Missouri into Quincy after they were being persecuted and they crossed the frozen river there. And, oh, well, I can't pull the year off the top of my head. But before they made their way up to Nauvoo. And uh, and this the area overall, the whole cemetery. We'll revisit that Latter Day Saint thing in just a minute. For mm-hmm. one of the one of the graves is pretty significant. Um, but the whole area of Madison Square Cemetery was really marshy and wet and just like kind of swampy, and it was not <laughs> a good spot for a cemetery. In fact, some freshly dug graves would actually start to fill with water before they could even get the coffin wow. in there. So it was not ideal. So that combined with the series of other things and the expansion of Quincy had the they wanted to kind of utilize that space as a park. So many of those graves were relocated to Woodland Cemetery, but not all of them were. So as your kids are running and playing on the playground next time and you see a weird stick poking out of the ground, uh, make sure it's not somebody's femur. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, before we dig into, I know where you're going with this next yeah. part, but uh, we can't, I, I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but do you have a time frame of when that was, was a cemetery? Uh, yeah, it was utilized up into 1867. So in, at the end of 1867 was like the last part. Okay. And if we go back and look at Jefferson Square, um, it kind of the 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 waning period of Jefferson Square was 1835. So you're looking at about 30 years where where that was kind of heavily used as a cemetery. You know what bothers me about this is like that it's a freaking park. <laughs> yeah, like what what was the determination that this this plot of land was so important to become a, a yeah. park yeah. that we had to exhume bodies. That I mean, this might be a story in its own of wondering why the city, the city at the time, decided this was so important, and especially because if you're looking at it was 1860s, right? That's when they they made the decision. We, to kind of we've end seen usage. we've yeah. seen these um, the the fire maps, right? Yes, exactly. and this is getting towards the outside of town in the 1860s. Right. So why right. did you decide that we need to move a cemetery when literally everything to the east of this is nothing but ground? You know, the only thing I can think is is that the residential area was starting to, I mean, on Main Street, it was starting to extend. You look at all what's considered the really historic yeah. block of Main Street, and that's basically 12th to 18th, right? Mm-hmm. So as as that continued the urban sprawl, you know, as we know with Broadway, everything just kind of yeah. headed east, you know, yeah. north and south, not a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, eventually it is what it is, but obviously those were the two hot tracks and I think it was probably a little foresight from maybe the the city planners and stuff back in the day. They're like, guys, we got we need this space to, for residential, and this is a crappy cemetery, anyways. I mean, this is a you know, oh, because of the we think about if you get and mud, and, if yeah. you get cisterns, maybe I don't know about groundwater leaching, especially I don't know. It could be a hotbed for disease potentially as as more residential areas pop up. Not this, but you know, same difference. They didn't get everybody out of yeah. there. So, yeah. well, and so I think uh, just to throw this out there as, a, as a something to think about, I think this is something we need to dig into more, especially since we have access to 1860s newspapers now. Yeah. Um, we may want to dig into this to see if what was the background story about this decision. I, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying, but you would surely think that even in the 1860s, there would be backlash. About oh, there was uproar. Body. There yeah. was absolutely an uproar. Um, and I, you know, I 
don't remember a lot of what I read. I didn't take a lot of notes on that particular part. But I think at some point, a lot of the cost of the exhumation of bodies fell on the family members. Oh my gosh! Really? So you can imagine how They're few wanted to be upset. Yeah, and so yeah. so that would explain. Well, I don't have a hard number of how many people are still there, mm-hmm. but it's significant. I'd say. I think this is worth a deeper dive down the road. That's for sure for us on Wild Quincy. But yeah, Possibly. we'll move on. Possibly. We got. It sounds like we got. A, a, the, we're just barely scratching the surface yeah. here, Travis. Well, before we do, <laughs> let's talk about yeah. probably the most famous person still hanging out in the ground there. And that would be, I don't know if you're familiar with Brigham Young. That name ring any bells for you? A little bit, a little bit. Well, if you're of the Latter-day Saints of the Mormon history, you'll remember that Joseph Smith was kind of the leader as they headed up to Nauvoo. And when he was killed in Carthage in the jail raid, um, the second-in-command became the leader of the Mormon church, and that was Brigham Young who ended up leading him out to Salt Lake City area. Well, it turns out uh, Brigham Young's dad, John Young, is there in twenty in what? Uh, excuse me, I can't speak. Madison Park. Mm. He is one of the people, and we actually kind of have a rough idea of where he's at too. Uh, you know where the sign is for Chaddock? Yeah, off off. Uh, I guess that'd be what twenty fourth Street. It's mm-hmm. somewhere between, kind of in that area between there and kind of not too far, a uh, little west of where the playground area is, somewhere in that vicinity. Okay. That was where the uh, the what they call the strangers' ground was was at. I guess uh, John Young. Let's see here if I can figure this out here. Uh, he was. While you're looking, yes. Just to throw this out there, I know there's other people that do paranormal investigating. Guys, just go to. Go to Madison Park and do an investigation in Madison Park. I'm just saying. I mean, you should have an easy shot of getting some stuff there. <laughs> yeah. At any rate, he was he was actually here visiting because the the Mormon population was here for a little while, and he was actually here visiting. And I I don't know if he he probably I don't know if he conducted disease or died. I don't have that clearly in front sure. of me here. Long story short, he dies here and they bury him. So. So that's a pretty big name. That's a pretty yeah. big name because I mean, when in the Church of Latter Day Saints and the Mormons, the Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, they were considered you know prophets of their that religion. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. Is that I'm surprised that the church has not been more interested in trying to find it or to try to market, um, not knowing. You know, it's it, that I've always find that interesting that that's not the case. And and I also want to throw out this is also a argument for Wild Quincy to get a uh, ground penetrating radar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to add a little insight in why, there was a little discussion that he kind of, at one point in his life, turned his back on the church and was kind oh, so of he, exiled. Did but he get he, blackballed? Well, he made... Uh, he was kind of brought Amends. back in and baptized at, later in life, but I think mm. he's kind of got a checkered past mm. in the eyes of the church, maybe, and I think maybe they'd rather keep it on the DL. I don't know. Oh, interesting. You know, uh, who knows? But at, at any rate, that's kind of a pretty significant uh, occupant there. Yeah, absolutely. Helping I mean, push up the daisies in, in Madison Park. Probably so. one of the probably the biggest one in Quincy that has a, a unmarked or unknown location for sure. It's pretty well. I, I yeah. It is surprising though to your yeah. point that there yeah. hasn't been more hubbub about it from yeah. the Church of Latter-day Saints. Alright, moving on. We got a lot of ground to cover here, yeah. Chris. So we're getting out of kind of the mainstream Quincy here and we're expanding a little bit. Okay. This next cemetery came up on our Ghost Hollow Road episode 
And it is the Eads slash Ehe Cemetery. <laughs> and there's a lot less information about a lot of these cemeteries going forward here. But this is actually just a, a little bit, you know, where the Hidden Cove subdivision is, Chris, right yep, there where uh, 72 kind of rolls by. Yep. Uh, I think it says it's at 72, actually, that rolls oh, by. Oh, 72 there. down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's just in a little patch of woods off Hidden Valley Road, oh, kind yeah. of as it turns into a. Uh, uh, excuse me, I need to get closer. It's to actually screen. marked on Google Maps too. Yeah, and the strange thing is, a lot of these can can still be located relatively easily. Mm-hmm. So, not a lot to tell you on there. There's about three known graves. That's one of those situations where um, there is absolutely more that were buried there. There's only three that are currently known. It's from all accounts that I've read. I don't haven't seen any pictures recently. But it's all just in the woods. Everything's kind of collapsing. There's not too many visible graves, very few that are in any shape worth talking about. So it's kind of been lost to the ages right there, sadly enough. So we're going to jump around here a little bit. We're going a little bit more north in Quincy, north of Wisman Lane off uh, Hanley Road. There's a couple here. One is Powell Cemetery. And uh, this was located in a timber just off of a field. Um, kind of off the junction. Well, we won't get too specific here. We don't want people getting around on people's uh, property here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just kind of in the woods here, a little bit north of Wisman Lane, and it's it's located in a forest. There's still some significant tombstones that are visible, and in, 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 uh, but boy, it's it's kind of surreal, Chris. I know you got some pictures in front of you as well, and you're just stumbling in the woods, and all of a sudden, you next thing you know, you're in the middle of a cemetery, and there's hmm. you know tombstones all over the place. Uh, this one, there's four known graves, so this is probably more of a smaller family plot in itself. Not a whole lot to tell about that specific one. Uh, jumping down here next, we have what was known as the Kemp Cemetery. And uh, this one is located just north of Cook's Lane, near the junction of uh, Road uh, East 943. I guess Cannonball Road, technically. And uh, this, I mean, this is literally... You could hit, throw a stone from Cook's Lane and hit this thing if you knew where you were aiming. Hmm. It's right there off the road in a, in a timber line. And um, really, so yeah, I probably yeah. drive past this every day. A hundred percent, you do. Yeah, I, myself as well. Who if you ever use the use the little cut through there on on the, on that road? Wow. Uh, I thought this would be a good time to stop and talk a little about about one of those four known graves that are that are currently in there. And that is, if I can get the right link in front of me, that's by a man whose uh, namesake is of the cemetery. Again, this is probably a family plot. Henry Stuart Kemp. So, Henry S. Kemp was born in Kentucky, and according to his biography in 1879 history, uh, jump through here a little bit, he was a lieutenant of the militia during the Black Hawk War, mm. and uh, he came to Adams County in the spring of 1831. says he traveled down the Ohio River with a small cavalcade of neighbors, including his mother, Martha, and some other people, and they, uh, they made their way up the Mississippi until they were forced to halt by ice. They spent the winter in Missouri and ended up in Adams County, where they, they set up shop. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a real real hard, specific reason. Oh, he was uh, he was known that he had a large frame house, which served as a station on the Underground Railroad in Quincy. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was, the, that was the biggest meat and potatoes of that particular, particular story. But his stone still stands proudly kind of right off the road there. 
And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Kemp Cemetery for you. We're gonna keep on moving because we got a lot of ground to cover here, Chris. But stop me, stop me if something catches yeah, your eye. Yeah, go for it, man. Next one we're talking here is a place called Laughlin Cemetery. Now you can go looking for it, but it's not there anymore. It's gone. Much like a lot of these rural cemeteries, acquisition of farmland plus time means you want to get the most out of your acreage. This was sadly plowed over years ago. Um, it was located south of Cannonball Road and Hanley Road, so real close to the 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 Kemp Cemetery as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, if you can see on that map there, Chris, this one looks to be a little bit more in a field, like we said, being plowed over. Um, one of the people who died there was a that's how many five known graves in this particular cemetery, and she was a pioneer. This is Rebecca J. Laughlin, another namesake of the cemetery. She lived here nearly 70 years, and she died in her home at 829 Spring Street. She passed away with heart trouble. Apparently, she didn't feel very well and uh, fell fell quickly after. Uh, I need to, should have summarized this a little bit more. Uh, but, 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 but she was... Hold on, there's a reason I highlighted this. <laughs> uh, well, you know why you're looking at this real quick. Yeah. I'm just I'm just looking at Google Maps and like even just going out there by Cook's Lane and Cannonball Road. There's there's actually I'm there's some cemeteries on here. I don't even think you've hit. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's just there's, there's a, a ton, and I'm surprised. It's surprising to see that Google is uh, marking them as much as they do, uh, even if they're like in the middle of a field or or something next to a house as this one is and there's absolutely nothing in that <laughs> next to that house right now so yeah uh, yeah the, the, jumping back to mrs laughlin here she was one of the oldest and if not the oldest resident of quincy in adams county uh having moved here uh-huh. in the spring of 1831 from the state of kentucky uh, yeah, so uh, it wasn't quite as exciting as I remember, but uh, we got some interesting <laughs> stories coming up here. Um, yeah, to your point, Chris, there there's a lot. Some of these may be a little more active, and my my whole discerning uh, kind of reasoning behind isn't super scientific, so I'm bound to miss a few. So if you know sure. some, feel free to let us know. Wildquincy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, Kate Family Cemetery is the next tier on our list, and this one's abandoned. It's uh, it's still hanging out. It's about one and one point eight miles east of Quincy's Baldwin Airport main entrance. So you're getting down the country more. So now, and this is located in the middle of a field on Route 104, north of the highway, just east of the rise in the road. So that's that's pretty specific, but vague at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, apparently it's just kind of hanging out. I don't have a lot about this uh, Kate family cemetery. It looked like it was a family plot with uh, four known graves. Again, that's just the asterisks there on known graves. There may be more. It just haven't been documented. Moving along to Higgins Cemetery. This was also known as the Orr Higgins Cemetery. And this one is located on the edge of a timber just west of Illinois 96, about, uh, oh, you know, about halfway between Lima and Marceline, Illinois. And we're going a little bigger on Higgins Cemetery. We're talking 11 known graves. Chris, you see a few pictures here. This, again, looks like it's kind of on the edge of a timber line where the woods have kind of started to envelop it. But in this one picture we're looking at right here, it looks like uh, they have a, just a beautiful old iron fence around a mm. particular family plot. And, uh, boy, just imagine hiking through the woods there and stumbling across that. That would yeah. definitely no definitely be a sight to see. So this next one here is pretty significant. 
And uh, I, I won't go through through all the information on it, even though there's quite a bit. But this is uh, we touched on this place during our Rhoda Dairy episode. In uh, God, was that season one, season two, maybe? I think it's season one. Yeah. Well, go back and check that out. We won't we won't spend any time on that. But this unfortunately is lost, Chris. Hmm. The Adams County Poorhouse slash Almshouse Cemetery. Uh. As we, as most of you may know, that there was a, the Adams County Poorhouse was located uh, just outside of Coatesburg, Illinois, and what I find most significant here is this is 248 graves. They actually have records of of the patients that were died and buried, but the location of this cemetery has been lost to the ages. Did you just say 248 are buried and they have no idea where they're at? That's right. Wow. Do we know kind of a location of where the poorhouse yes. was at? We know the location. And frankly, I think if you – I was able to find a lot of documents, which is just too much for us to go on to right now. But it kind of gives you a rough geographical layout of where the cemetery was. And you may be thinking, God, how do you lose 248 yeah. gravestones, right? Well, the problem was they didn't use gravestones. Oh, it was just They markers. used wooden, wooden markers, yeah. So – the problem was, I think it was wooden markers, and sometimes they would use like a steel kind of a, a post as a marker. Mm. So, yeah, it's a God. That's unfortunate. I mean, two hundred and forty-eight people lost souls just somewhere in a field out there so near just, Coatesburg. Just give me a, a ten thousand foot overview right now of um, the the poorhouse. Was it in Coatesburg or was it outside Coatesburg? No, east, it, west, it, north, it south. It was. Uh, I believe. Oh gosh, you're gonna get me. I used to know exactly where it was. I believe it is. Uh, I want to say it's, you know, honestly, I don't know. I don't want to get okay. it wrong. But yeah. it was on the outskirts because it was a farm uh, okay. where, where people w- could get sent to the to the poorhouse. And, and unfortunately, some of the, you know, mentally disabled kind of got mixed there. People who didn't have anywhere else to go. Maybe criminals would get would put there to w- kind of like a workhouse. So this was an operating farm. And, and some people were given tasks who were able to do stuff. So it was in yeah. the in the country. It wasn't in the middle of Coatesburg. I fully like that. expect that eventually we're going to have to do an episode on the poorhouse because there's probably a lot of stories there that we can cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think again, friend of the show Robert Turek did some aerial recon, um, yeah. and I, I just didn't have enough time to get down to that specific yeah, no uh, footprint. I think maybe one or two sheds exist as part of another property. Again, the building itself is long gone, as well as obviously the cemetery is lost to the ages. But uh, yeah, records you can with a little detective work you can find out the footprint. Yeah. So, so what's the next one? What's what else we got? Next one we got is the Coleman Family Cemetery. This is abandoned. Uh, this was located in what was the original site of St. Matthew's Church, and this was in actually around Burton, Chris. Mm. This was a family cemetery, and most of the graves have been removed, or the headstones have been removed. It's located directly behind a house and is no longer cared for. St. Matthew's Church once stood near the cemetery. Uh, the cemetery is no longer there, and the cemetery has been abandoned. So at one point, there were five known graves, most likely more if it was a graveyard for a church, I would think. But uh, we're going to keep chugging along here to Clarner uh, Cemetery, which is more in the Liberty area. This is about 3.3 miles southeast of Liberty. And, boy, I was going through the 17 known graves that are to be found there, and, boy, I found a sad one, Chris. Uh, this one was the grave of a Frank Flick. Now, hmm. uh, this is coming out of his obituary at 8 o'clock on June 29th of, uh, I guess it would have been 1890. 
Uh, they were called to pay the last respects to their, their young friend, Frank Flick, age 22. His death was very sudden, as he has only complained lightly beforehand and continued to labor in the harvest field. But on Friday evening between 5 and 6 o'clock, he and his father were taking in a load of hay when Frank was observed by his father to be acting strangely. When asked by his father what he was doing, he remarked that he was locking the wagon, and there was no reason to be doing so. His father took particular notice and found him to be cramping up as well. He was taken to the house while medical aid was summoned, and to no avail, he, he, didn't, he lost consciousness and did not regain his consciousness. He died. Mm-hmm. Opinions differ as to the cause of his death. Sunstroke was given at first for a reason, um, but uh, I guess some feared that it may have been cholera. So he left his family at a young age. But the sad part is, is Frank was ranked highly as a musician, a very talented musician. And would his life have been spared, no doubt would have made his mark on the world as a musician. And boy, this next part really kind of gets you, paints a picture. The funeral procession, uh, excuse me, the funeral procession was led by his uh, brass band at the the school, you know, to the final resting oh, place. Wow. So, a sad day there for sure outside of Kingston, um, Clarner Cemetery. Uh, you know, you can still still see some graves there apparently. So you look at it, a satellite image, and it's literally in the woods. So yeah, and a few pictures that they they have, boy, there's just ferns all grown up, and it's very heavily engulfed by the woods. But there are definitely still uh, headstones visible, very well, you know, good sized headstones as well. Uh, moving on here, we have Pierce Cemetery. Uh, this is again by Liberty. This is abandoned, located southeast of Liberty Pierce Cemetery. Uh, does have some native stones marking graves. It appears to be a large cemetery enclosed with a trampled fence, and many stones are missing in that grave. So 17, so middle, middle-sized grave for this area. Um, William Cemetery is actually, hold on. Oh yeah, I, I'm curious about this story. Yeah, that you got here. <laughs> yeah, I know we're we're, we're going to run a little long on this one, guys. So just yeah. settled in. We got some stuff to talk about. Got another cup of coffee of your work. Do a couple more laps if you're on your way home. It'll be worth it, I think. All right. Talk so to this you about is Joshua Pierce Jr. Joshua Pierce Jr. Okay, this is a wild story. I didn't expect to stumble on. Uh, let me find here. Unfortunately, the obituaries to the effect of we are informed that Captain Joshua Pierce of this county, who received a severe contusion on his head a week or so, has died at his residence on the 20th of April, 1835. Mr. John Craig, also of this county, is suspected to be the person who gave the blow to his head and is now in confinement in jail as Quincy to answer to this charge. It is not proper that we should present any comment on the circumstance connected by the uh, supposed offense. Well, you think that'd be the end of it, but mm-hmm. it goes on, goes on. Proclamation, it kind of goes to a new headline. Proclamation, $200 reward. Whereas John Craig, that's the guy who uh, gave a blow to Mr. Joshua Pierce here, who stands indicted, uh, has escaped from jail oh, on the night of the 18th of September. And so now we have a wild goose chase, basically. I'm summarizing here. And uh, he's about 50 years of age, about six foot tall, slender male. Gives a whole description. He's on the lamb, Chris. He's running. Uh, he was wearing a snuff-colored coat. I guess, what would that be, black, gray? Snuff? What's a snuff? 
snuff. Like, yeah, interesting description there. Velvet coll- had a velvet collar with a blue cloth pantaloons, a white vest, and checkered chip hat, riding a gray horse. So two hundred dollars in uh, what eighteen eighteen? Uh, what that's is good it? Money. 18, yeah, that's that's decent wage, right? Uh, at any rate, he ends up getting caught. And I'm scanning through a lot of text here. Forgive me. Yeah, it turns out that uh, they they catch him finally. So they got him. They got him. Long long story short. So so he's murdered, and then they tracked down his. He got out, and then they tracked him down. It's a it's a real it's a real roller coaster of emotions on this find a grave website. You don't expect to see that <laughs> that whole setup and and aftermath of the guy yeah. dying. So you know what, Joshua Pierce Jr. It took a while, but they they finally brought his killer to justice. So maybe he can rest a little easier, even though uh, there may be a few a fern or two taking up his uh, his grave now. Hmm. Uh, anyways, moving on to Hampshire Cemetery. Excuse me, my mouse isn't cooperating. Uh, Hampshire Cemetery, not much to say. It was near Payson. There were about three known graves. It's just gone, not even a location. So there's a historical record, but boom, it's gone. Any cemetery that's no longer there near Payson didn't suffer a good fate, I found in the research. Yeah, it sounds like The it. next one is Hood Cemetery, and it says mostly destroyed as a status. This cemetery is in very poor condition. It was, it's most likely destroyed. Uh, two head markers, one foot marker, and three marker bases were located just off the tree line of its possible location. So it's uh, you know maybe five known graves is what they suspect on Ancestry. Or not Ancestry, but find a grave, I'm sorry. Still hanging around Payson, we got the Nickel Cemetery. This one's, again, unfortunately destroyed. It was plowed over about uh, just under two miles northeast of Payson in Adams County. It's, uh, again, plowed under in a field about 980 north uh, feet north of uh, uh, a, random, a random site. Yeah, a random yeah. street nobody's yeah. paying attention to. Yeah, uh, it's pretty close to yeah. our neck of the woods. There you go. <laughs> Rice Family Cemetery is in Plain, or roughly about Plainville, and it is abandoned, about three miles east of Plainville, located, uh, excuse me, location you have to access it requires crossing a small creek up a steep hill and through a timber into a pasture. So it's, it's off the beaten path, I think it's safe to say here, Chris. Mm. Rice Family cemetery was seemingly once a very large cemetery on one side of the ridge and now on a pasture um the adams county geographical system shows that there were two cemeteries um but technically it was probably one large cemetery that kind of got either disrupted or maybe some of it was uh, destroyed for uh, uh agricultural purposes so um yeah unfortunately the only 12 known graves right now again they suspect that number was probably a lot higher at one point moving right along back to the liberty neck of the woods we have brody or brody b-r-o-a-d-y cemetery 17 known graves so that's uh that's a pretty decent size um unfortunately uh we have uh we have a unfortunate tale of lorenzus hunsaker here um, he was, uh, he died in, it uh, looks like he died at age 20 or 21 in 1854. A gentleman from Liberty yesterday states that nothing like cholera had appeared in the vicinity. He states also that the man referred to in the Herald yesterday is being found dead in a field. This would be Lorenzo's Hunziker, who they're speaking of. Uh, he was found dead in a field and it appears that he, f- he, uh, fell from a mule and oh, died geez. alone in a field. So God, I mean, you just... 
Times were tougher back then, Chris. Mm -hmm. You're just heading home on your mule and uh, it kicks you off and you break your neck or you, yeah, boy, tough, tough time. Tough time. Rest in peace there, Lorenzo's. Hmm. Okay, we're moving on here. Boy, we got a heck of a story coming up here, Chris. Okay. Oof. We haven't got there yet, but you'll know it when we get there. We're going to breeze through a few of these real quick. Elwood Family Cemetery, again, southeast of Liberty. Small family plot literally on the side of the road. (laughs) So (laughs) you can see a picture, and they're not joking, Chris, literally right there on the side of the road. Five Mm -hmm. known graves, so a pretty small plot. And you'll see that occasionally driving around the middle of nowhere. you got a few gravestones right there. Next on the list is Learley Cemetery, also known as Five Points Cemetery. And as you can imagine by the name, it is east of the airport in that Five Points region where the roads literally break apart into Five Points for those not in the know. And, How about uh, who doesn't know where Five Points well, is Well, you'd be surprised, the newer people to Quincy that haven't grown up oh, in the area. And uh, yeah, this is actually a decent-sized cemetery. Like I said, about four miles northwest of Liberty, located in a timber east Looks like of Looks like it's just in the field. <laughs> yeah, it, it it seems to be, you know, relatively maintained. I was kind of on the fence on adding this one because it seems like it's being mowed still, which is nice to see. Oh, okay. And uh, But, yeah, you're right, Chris. It's literally right there. It looks like it's a slight clearing in a timber, yeah. know, judging from the few pictures. It's right off the edge of, a, of the field. Yeah. It's really right off the road. Yeah, surprised that, you know, I haven't, I don't remember seeing that. Must be just mm-hmm. enough tree cover to kind of hide it. Uh, Baker Cemetery is near Plainfield, and that's the next one on the list here. You mean Plainville? Oh, I'm sorry. What did I say? Plainville? Oh, you Plainfield. Plainfield. <laughs> I wonder if, hmm, is that a city? Did I make that up? Yeah, I think Plainville, I made that up. Illinois is a real town, too. It's but a, okay. uh, you Probably said, Plainville, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's southeast of Richfield, so that would be still yeah. legit. Yeah. That would be that would be late night Travis making notes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at any rate, it's hey, one listen, point F five tornado went through Plainville a field a long time ago. So there you go. There you go. One point five miles south uh, south east, excuse me, of Richfield to Chris Chris's uh, point there, located in a field on private property with no access roads and it's in disrepair. So sadly, a trend here is that uh, you know these things are on the way out unless anybody decides to volunteer to take care of this stuff. So 10 known graves exist in Baker Cemetery. We're going to keep on rocking to Locust Grove Cemetery. And uh, this is, again, it hits the abandoned mark. And it's located on a private property north off North 24th Street and Spring Lake Road. So technically, we're back in Quincy area, yeah. right in Quincy here, which is I've gone by this many a time and I've never even noticed. But it's located on private property off North 24th Street and Spring Lake Road. It's tucked away in a grove of black locust trees, which, interest, excuse me, interestingly enough, those same black locust trees where the final resting place is were brought by the oldest members of the family that were buried there in wow. Kentucky. So this family brought these black locust trees when they located to the area and they planted them and in a weird twist of fate uh, those are now kind of overgrowing <laughs> the cemetery of oh. where they're buried and the headstones have nearly all been laid down and reclaimed by nature. Um, it contains a lot of the family of the Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S name and are apparently some of the oldest graves in Adams County. So hmm. About 18 known graves in that little little patch of woods that is very close to what we'd say is a pretty pretty beaten path. Yeah. And, you, yeah, you can kind of see on a picture they have where you wouldn't know it was there. There's literally just some trees. I wouldn't even call it a timber, Chris. It's just a cluster of 
yeah. a couple trees. So you can see a pretty good on satellite image too. It's just a bunch of trees. So yeah, and and if all the the markers have been kind of laid down, then then yeah, I can see where you'd never know it was there if you were right on top of it almost. Yep. So that's a sad thing. Sad thing about this kind of episode is so many lost graves, just those, those memories fading. You know. Uh, next cemetery on the list here is called Sargent Cemetery, also known as Logan Cemetery. That can be found 2.5 miles northeast of Clayton, Illinois. And this is a relatively good-sized cemetery with uh, 31 known graves. Um, again, this is pretty overgrown. There's the, kind of the smaller old-style headstones. All look pretty weathered, and boy, it's uh, seen better days. But another one of these cases where nature just reclaims. Uh, in that case, at least 31 graves. Uh, pretty pretty good size for in the middle of nowhere. Huffnagel Cemetery, also known as Marshall Cemetery, is next. Located about three and a half miles southeast of Columbus, Illinois. And uh, again, we have kind of a tragic tale of one of the uh, five known graves there, being John Frederick Ertz, E-R-T-Z. He died in 1880 at age 63, so pretty good run. But he lived in the south part of Columbus Township, and he met with an accident, uh, which resulted in his death. He was buried uh, in that cemetery. Mr. Ertz was a farmer. He had driven up to Casio Mills in Camp Point last Monday. And while there, his horse became frightened and started to run, throwing him from the buggy and injuring him so bad that he died an hour afterwards. So, God, I mean, just can you imagine that that time, Chris, where something as simple as a horse getting startled could be the end of your existence? We're going to cruise right along here. Volbrocht Cemetery is uh is low is is actually this is interesting one known grave here chris <laughs> one known grave however it is located about halfway between liberty and buckhorn which if you don't know is kind of by Siloam springs state park mm-hmm. but the reason why I, I put this in here is the 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 one grave that is there is wilhelm uh Walbracht, and he was a master tailor who made the clothes for Quincy's very own John Wood. Well, that's an important person then. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> this guy had, was a pretty important tailor and a pretty talented guy. One of his many customers, apparently, was John Wood and when John Wood was the governor. So the, the, the tailor to the governor of Illinois is buried out here wow. in the middle of nowhere. That's Chris. important. <laughs> so that's a wild, wild, little, uh, wild little tale. William, uh, William Vol- Volbrocht is... Uh, huh. You know, actually, his tombstones and you know it's leaning a little bit, but it looks pretty good. You can read it, so that's cool. Yeah, maybe go pay your respects, get some tailoring advice. Pants are out, you know, fitting right. Go do some <laughs> ghost hunting. Might have some work for you. There you go. Byler Cemetery is located about three miles northwest of Coatesburg. Again, it's it's uh, abandoned. Margaret Purdy Mc, Mc, excuse me, I can't say that. McNulty is one of the uh, eighty-nine known graves. So this is a good-sized cemetery, eighty-nine, Chris. And uh, this this woman, this is interesting to me. Now, I don't know if any members of the McNulty family are still around, and I don't mean to talk ill of the dead here but either either marker was terribly unlucky and boy oh boy she's staring right at me when i click on her link there chris <laughs> um she had four husbands three of her husbands died on her actually all four ended up dying before her mm. and 
Like, that's a little fishy, right? But then again, you know, you go to the store. You don't even go to the store. You go to get new, uh, what are you doing back then, Chris? You're getting, going to the mill, getting some flour from the mill? <laughs> I guess. And uh, you get buck from a horse. But no, poor oh. poor Margaret had four. I mean, she left behind eight children, five daughters, three sons. Um, went through four husbands in life. Jeez. My God. That's a uh, I pulled her uh, thing up too. She she actually was born in Ireland. That's which I right. Kind of cool. And yeah, yeah, that picture really just hits you right in your face when you when you open that up. Dude, I will think, say it's pretty interesting. Was, you think there was something nefarious going on there? Uh, probably not. But yeah, probably not. But who knows? But you know what? If you look at a satellite view of the Byler Cemetery, which that's the one we're talking about. It's actually a pretty decent size. I would be interested to see what this looks like because the way it's built, you can see trees outlining a box area. And then in the inside, it's just really all grass and everything still. But I bet you can see a lot of those headstones in there. Yeah. The little, a few pictures I've seen looks like you can kind of make out the fence. Um, but yeah, 89 is what it yeah, said. It's a, it's a big cemetery. So there's probably far more than 89. Yeah. So it's abandoned. It's not technically lost or, or in a field. Right. So it's, cl- it's, it's clinging on. It's clinging on to, be to life. Up. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Moving on to Gooding Cemetery. Gooding Cemetery um, status is abandoned. It's located a couple miles just northwest of Paloma, Illinois. So not too far. Uh, this was a good size one as well, Chris. We're looking at about 51 known graves here in Gooding Cemetery. And uh, the picture's interesting. Um, it looks relatively well kept up. The grass and weeds are kind of high, but not high enough that you can't make out the headstones. But it looks like a lot of smaller ornamental trees maybe have taken over and really got out of control. So it's again, it kind of looks like it's just located in a little bit of a timber line that's grown up a little more, but seems to be seems to be hanging on, hanging on a little bit. Moving on to Gallimore Cemetery. Oh, this is interesting. This will be a fun one here. Um, Gallimore Cemetery uh, status is abandoned in my book anyways. It's located in a remote clearing in the timbers atop the river bluff about five miles east of Meyer. So so we're kind of talking... Actually, this is probably pretty close to that serpentine mound we yeah. mentioned uh, yeah. earlier on in the show here. Uh, 38 known graves here in this cemetery. I don't think there's any pictures, but boy, my curiosity was really ramped up here on one of the uh, the people who are buried there of the 38 known graves. Um, this one is simply known as Old Lady Van Hannings. <laughs> Gotta love and it. I saw that, and I clicked on. I'm like, "What is the story here?" Well, let me uh, let me tell you. Uh, the Menden Dispatch in uh, Meyer, Illinois, on July 1st, 1907, reports that an old lady by the name last name of Van Hanings lived on a remote island in the Mississippi River north of Meyer. Apparently, she died, and they brought her and put her in a grave in Gallimore Cemetery. So. Boy, isn't that, isn't that something? Just kind of a hermit, an old hermit that uh, lady that was found yeah. dead, and uh, they they didn't even know her first name, Chris. I'm curious about this because if she lived and died on that on an island, how did she how did she survive when it flooded? Did she live in a tree? I don't know. I don't know. That's. I mean, I don't think anybody could technically live on an island in the Mississippi and for their whole life. That, no, I mean, no known birth ah, date, no first name. There's, I don't know. There's parts of me that thinks that sounds pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> Just live on an island by yourself, not have but to worry about I, anything. God, I, I, surely there wasn't an actual headstone, do you think? 
Um, maybe, would you, uh, what yeah, would you put probably on? would be would, old would man. You put, old would lady. you put old lady Hanning? Sure. There? I mean, there's. I've seen worse. I guess so. I guess seen so. worse. Anyway, strange else, one there. Got? All right. What else do we have? I think we're coming up to the, the exciting one here in a minute. Uh, Workman Cemetery abandoned, mostly destroyed. Sadly, it's hard to find. It's somewhere near the Bear Creek Bridge, south of Lima. Nine known graves. That's about all I got. Okay. Paget Cemetery, uh, next on the list, uh, another one that says abandoned. It's about 3.3 miles southwest of Kellerville. So you're getting relatively close to the Siloam Springs area there. Uh, it's found. It's, it can be found through a field and up a hill right by grandmother's house, I believe. At uh, <laughs> one time, this was a fairly large cemetery, now abandoned and overgrown. Headstones are toppled and native stones mark some of the graves. So about 19 known graves. So not, not a bad size for that area. Mm-hmm. And it's got some pictures. And sure enough, um, boy, it's pretty. It's getting pretty overgrown there. Looks like it's on the edge of a of a timber that's kind of taken over. Most of the headstones look somewhat visible. Some of them toppled, though. It's pretty obvious from the pictures. This next one's kind of fun. Mullican Cemetery. You know, let me double check and make sure I didn't miss my fun bio on this guy. Okay, I haven't. Mulligan Cemetery is located on a hill and on the edge of the woods, about 12 miles southwest of Ursa. It's on private land, and a oak tree has fallen in the past and has kind of wrapped, snaked its way around the cemetery and around some headstones. So oh, wow. it's kind of a weird... Uh, juxtaposition of this massive old tree laying on its side and kind of just in between the headstones pretty pretty strange okay here what we've been waiting for here chris this one i this one almost if it wasn't for the guy we're going to talk about in a minute this one wouldn't have made the list um there's two smith family cemeteries uh they're gone technically but okay. what they've done, what they've done, they've, they've put up, uh, in both locations, they've put up one single large stone in the recent past that has all a summary of all the known burials and birth dates and deaths. Huh. So between the two of them, there are about uh, 15 known graves. Um, and these are, uh, oh, what did I say? Somewhere around Ursa. Yeah, kind of around Ursa. But what, one of these people... And this is a wild story, Chris. This is uh, James Thompson Smith, okay? James was born in 1832 here in Adams County, so a local boy. Died in 1896. Some would say he probably should have died a lot sooner, but he ended up making it to 19... Uh, he made it to 64. And let's talk a little bit about James's adventure here. So he was born in Ursa Township, moved to California, uh, he was back on a visit when he died in Ursa Township. He left a widow and four children in California. He left Ursa about 1859 and settled in Anaheim, California. Uh, okay, he's talking talking about his death. I want to hear the fun one. Okay, he, from his obit. Here's his obit. Just after arriving in California, he came near to losing his life while hunting. He was attacked by a bear. And climbed a tree, but the bear caught him before he could get high enough. Oh, In the meantime, he fired one shot, which basically took off the bear's jaw. Hmm. The bear pulled Mr. Smith out of the tree and crippled him very badly. One of his limbs was badly lacerated and one ear nearly torn off. 
Mr. Smith said after he reached home, he thought the enraged animal became exhausted from the shot and left him because the brute walked about two miles where it fell dead. So he ended up getting the better of that bear, but not before the bear got a few licks in, Chris. Wow. Can you imagine that? My God. I mean... I think if the lottery existed back then, I would have been buying a ticket after <laughs> going square toe to toe with a yeah, bear and no walking, limping away. Let's be yeah. honest. Well, so the bear uh, came a lot, way a lot worse than he did. So wow, that was a heck of a list, man. You know, um, the interesting thing about this is that while you were going through those, you were telling me kind of the general location. Almost all of them are still marked on Google Maps. Yeah. So, it's 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 what yeah. I think I think they probably have a database that they tie into. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's uh you know, you got to to find any of the fun stuff about it, you got to kind of check out Find a Grave. Yeah. And uh, if you if you happen to know of a, a cemetery that's kind of in middle of nowhere or a band and we didn't talk about it, we'd love to hear about it. So let us know at wildquincy@gmail.com or you can also give us a shout on the uh the old listener line that gets a little love occasionally, and you can give us a shout or text at 612-666-9453. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so that is a look at all the abandoned and lost cemeteries in Quincy and the Adams County area. We'll be back with more after this on Wild Quincy. <laughs> Miracle Whip has a flavor so pleasing. Miracle Whip tastes so lively, so teasing. Miracle Whip only one of its kind. Miracle Whip best salad dressing you'll find. Miracle Whip is the only one of its kind because it's a different type of salad dressing made from a secret craft recipe. Miracle Whip combines the best qualities of old-fashioned boiled dressing and fine mayonnaise, so it's truly distinctive and delicious with a flavor millions of folks call. Just exactly right. Try it, won't you? One taste will tell you why it's America's favorite salad dressing. The one and only Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip. I don't know what else to say. Let's well, they didn't, they didn't no. have that, that tangy zip yet. Yeah. I've always wondered this, dude, is that... I've always been like Miracle Whip. How is Miracle Whip a salad dressing? Like, I am not putting this on lettuce. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, sandwiches, they mingle sometimes if you got some lettuce yes. on there. And I had to look into it because somebody else, there was a lot of people asking that same question. So, like, it's like, why do they call it salad dressing? And it's like, because salads aren't necessarily just lettuce salads. It could be like a, a pasta salad oh, okay. or yeah, a, yeah. a tuna salad or chicken salad. So so that's the, the termination of what a salad is. But and, um, I mean, it can look cocky calling a miracle whip, don't you think? I mean, yeah. that's a pretty strong word. Like, yeah. I wasn't going to eat this salad, but all of a sudden, wow. It's, got a mir- it's, it's a miracle. miracle. It's delicious. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's miraculously oh. made. Miracle. Is that a word? It's miraculous. a miracle. This miraculous thing event so- had yeah, just taken place. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, Miracle Whip, Travis, is a thing that was founded at the 1933 World's Fair in Chicago. No kidding. That's where it was introduced at. Okay. I do question this. Why don't we do World's Fairs anymore? Hmm. I don't know. Wouldn't that be cool? I think they should bring those back. Yeah, boy. You know, that's a good question. When when was the last World Fair? 
I don't know. I mean, 1933 is the latest I've ever seen. I don't know if it, but you know, that's right. It even says here, it says, was lauded as a cheaper alternative to mayonnaise during the Great Depression. So I wonder if. Yeah, it could have been. Might have been, that might have been towards the end of when they started doing it. But I'd be curious about when, because you know, we hear about the 1900 and the 1904, which I think the 1900 was in St. Louis, 1904 was in Chicago. There was a lot of like, big big reveals of stuff but anyway besides the point uh there is a claim that miracle whip is actually an illinois product really okay um there is a claim that miracle whip was invented in salem illinois at a cafe called max's crossette cafe or crossettes cafe uh, they said that they had this fine salad dressing um, that they actually sold to Kraft Foods in 1931 for $300, which if you put that into today's money is only $5,800 for selling Miracle Whip, which probably sells $5,800 a second in sales anymore. Um, but uh, so this was the thing. But anyway, Kraft says that's not the case and that, that they dispute the claims that, that that's where it was founded at. So who knows? Um, but uh, it could have been a Salem, Illinois product. Well, that's pretty exciting for Salem, they- I'd jump on the stick and then wave that flag all day. Yeah. Uh, you ever had any questionable miracle whip? Have you ever ever gone down the boat of like, man, should I bait that? That's been sitting in the car all day. Ooh, no, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't play around when it comes to so mayonnaise or miracle whip. In or out, right? It, if yeah. it's not fresh, it's not going in my tub. You're out. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. A Miracle Whip, uh, again, uh, less expensive alternative to mayo, uh, founded in 1930. I've always, I've always wondered what that dynamic is between mayo and Miracle Whip. It's, uh, mm. I don't know. I guess I just Good don't question. care. I, my palate isn't sensitive enough to have a strong preference, I suppose. Really? I don't. I, oh, I do. I can't do mayonnaise. I have to do Miracle Whip. I can't. It's like mayo's too really? strong. Okay. I need to do yeah. a taste test. Maybe I just yeah. haven't done a good side by side. Exactly. Um, mayo is. Uh, what do you guys? What do you yeah. guys think? You mayo or Miracle Whip? Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Give us. Give us an idea. Uh, are you the, the cheap Miracle Whip or the expensive mayo? Uh, anyway, so that is a look at our uh, throwback ad. We'll have more of those coming your way, and uh, it's time to uh, now turn to the Golden Pipes. And now, it's time for Words of Wisdom from Adams County. Thanks, Bo, uh, for the, uh, ready for this wit or wisdom from our forefathers and foremothers? I'm never not ready, Chris. (laughs) Never not ready. So, I had to dig in to some cemetery folklore, since it obviously is an episode about cemeteries. Uh, So, here we go with a few different ones. One of these, some of these... It is what it is. Uh, you'll you'll get them as we're going along. Um, the first one here is 10,329. The dead should not be buried in low-lying ground where water can seep into the grave, for sometimes this petrifies the body. Ooh, I wonder if that played into the whole uh, Madison Park situation, Chris. Yeah, there's a quote here that says, or in italics, it says, there is a general prejudice against burial in low ground because of water, but belief in petrification is rare. Boy, I wonder if that was a factor. Hmm, interesting. I don't know. Well, you heard about like flood in 93, right? Yeah. You remember like hearing the stories about seeing caskets going down the river yeah. in 93. Uh, another one here. This one I had to say uh, save because this one may have some implications on a future Wild Quincy really? episode. Uh, 10,345, it's a quote that says, Some South End women, or woman, uh, maybe it's women, were out uh, to the cemetery after Jay's funeral, whoever that is, and they said they tried several times to lower her casket and they couldn't do it. 
They had to dig at the hole larger than usual. They say they guess the devil didn't want her either. Oh. Okay, so that's the story. Ooh. And again, of course, there's always a little bit more in the italics, okay? And so this is where it gets crazy. It says, this refers to the burial of a reputed witch who died in 1932. This is the splendid example of the unreliability of eyewitnesses, especially when these witnesses were expected something unusual. Uh, it should be remembered that a coffin is not lowered into an empty grave, but a wooden container, hence the width and the length of the grave are much larger than the coffin. Another witness, however, said that it was the only the lowering apparatus which refused to work. This would probably uh, be uh, this was probably the case. The third witness said the reason the coffin couldn't not be lowered was that Jay didn't want to go. Okay, okay, interesting. <laughs> so there's like three sources. I want to know more about story. this alleged witch burial. That's yeah. that's the key to that story. So evidently there is a reputed witch uh, in the Quincy area in 1932, which we need to do research on that. A couple more here for you. 10, uh, 10,349. As long oh, and this is hilarious because I straight up know this is coming from a funeral parlor. It's got to be a got to be some funeral director okay. that put this one in here. It says 10,349. As long as the funeral bill remains unpaid, the corpse will not rest in its grave. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, all right, come on, dude. Um, I'm sure our, our funeral guys uh, that listen would love love that one. Um, couple, two more here. Uh, Four thousand one hundred three. When someone dies, go go to the graveyard at midnight and call the devil. He will come and take away your wart. Okay. Good to know. And then finally, our last one here is 10,364. It says, if you bury a person and go back in a month and dig them up, you will find them turned over on their face. Words of wisdom from Adams County. So there you go. Evidently, the bodies turn over in their caskets. The more you know, Chris, the more you know. <laughs> Pure uh, science. Well, there's pure a, science. There it is. Yes. Um, anyway, well, that's a look at some of the wit and wisdom from our forefathers and foremothers. We'll probably get back next uh, episode into some of your guys' selections uh, and get some more of those numbers your way. So, uh, Travis, uh, we have one last piece of the uh, to-do list to get done, and that is the question of the day. That's right. That's right. You ready for this? Uh, maybe. Maybe. All right, let me give you a recap. So here's the question. Uh, there's a lot of interesting names to what you know we know as red light districts uh, when it refers to districts in the Quincy area back in the day. And these were kind of reported in the newspaper. Uh, I'm going to give you a list of different names, and you just got to tell me which one of these is not one of the districts right. that was found in Quincy back in the day. Uh, was it the Bells District, the Broadway Resort, the Red Transom District, or the Tenderloin District? Travis, what, what's your thoughts? Got some ideas? Yeah, um, I think it's A or D. Okay. Um, I mean, the Tenderloin District. I've heard that a million times, but uh, usually, usually that's more like poor and vagrant. I thought, but that could also be just like the bad part of town. I think, which would constitute brothels. I want to say the Bells District. All right, we're gonna go with yeah, that why one. Not? All right. Well, you, sir, would be correct. Oh, it feels so good, doesn't it? Yeah, the Bell's District is not one of the uh, one of the districts in the Quincy area. However, Broadway Resorts, 
the Red Transom District, and even the Tenderloin District, which was probably actually the most prominent of the districts in the Quincy area, uh, were all actual districts uh, for red light activity. And Travis, uh, we're just not trying to uh, tell you about the uh, dirty past of uh, Quincy, but uh, we're going to talk about the red light districts. That's right. It should be an interesting episode, Chris. Yeah, it's something we've been talking about, and honestly, it goes all the way back to even the fire episode from a yeah. few seasons ago, that it was like it kept coming up, and when we did the research, it kept coming up about these red light districts, and, and, and then how we find that whole blocks are literally nothing but brothels. Yeah, and, and honestly, this may just be the first of many episodes on the topic. Yeah. There's such a such a history to talk about, so we'll see how that yes. works out. So we'll have that. Maybe maybe a special guest. Maybe we'll uh, just uh, give you what we can find because there is plenty to fill you in on um, to get you through this information about uh, the, the, the I don't want to say dirty, um, the mysterious, the uh, maybe not so clean past of Ooh, Quincy. Yeah, let's stop there. We're getting Some, a little too descriptive. <laughs> yeah. It's getting too the bad. The itchy part of um, Quincy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. It's got to, it burns. Um, <laughs> no, we'll uh, talk about that coming up in the next episode of Wild. Quincy Travis before we wrap things up or are we missing anything no uh, the, the, thanks everybody for listening tell a friend if you like what you hear we appreciate you guys getting the word out on Wild Quincy did you know that we are actually a, uh, a source on one of the uh, Harold Wig historical articles Chris are you kidding I'm me I'm not no really yeah. oh that's we made cool. the big time we were listed as a source oh. Check it. Oh, geez. Now we do have to be accurate. <laughs> um, yeah, that's cool. Well, good good deal. Well, that's awesome. Uh, anytime we can uh, be a part of that, that's that's really cool. So for Travis Hoffman, I'm Chris Ketters, and you've been listening to Wild Quincy. We'll catch you guys next time. Take care, everybody. Wild Quincy is released every other Tuesday and is produced by Chris Ketters and Travis Hoffman. Sound designed by Downdraft Sound and Editing and music by Travis Hoffman Music. I'm Bo Beecraft, and thanks for listening to Wild Quincy. Wild Quincy.